Hey y'all, come on in, come on in, have a seat, have a seat. Hey my lovely gems, have a seat. Welcome to Hidden Agenda. Hey my lovely gems, it's been a minute. I know I'm late y'all, but happy spring. We are now in a new season, guys, and it feels good. I'm in a good mood today. I hope you are as well. Leave me a voice comment saying brand new. If you feel a brand new beginning, a brand new mindset, and a brand new start. And I'm so elated to be back in the gym den with my listeners. So let's just jump right into it. I'm so sorry um, I missed you guys last month. Life has been lifing, but I'm here. I had some plans for us for Women's Month, but it didn't happen. But I still want to shout out all of our wonderful female leaders, influencers, and women who have made a footprint in the world. I salute you, ladies. Speaking of Women's Day, Pastor Jamal Bryan posed a question to, to a group of women on a podcast entitled non-negotiable the baltimore maryland pastor asked the women about their preferences in the dating room he asked the women if dating a man who has had a homosexual experience was a non-negotiable right hence the name of the podcast non-negotiable so they basically ask questions you know kind of like a truth not really truth or dare but like a would you rather kind of thing right Um, If you think about would you rather, you're like making a choice, you know, like what's the non-negotiable for you, right? So the name of the podcast is called Non-Negotiable. It's a group of women and they had him on as a guest. Um, So like I was saying, he asked the women if dating a man who has had a homosexual experience was a non-negotiable. Um, y'all, we are going to take a listen and this will be a raw hidden agenda reaction because this is my first time listening to this gems. So let's check it out together. Um, and then we'll read some of the other reactions and comments on the gay magazine, the Instagram page that covered the story. Would you date a man who said he's had a gay experience? Nope. No. But this was in college. He's now 40. Nope. Not doing it. It's non-negotiable. Not doing it. No. Next time. It's non-negotiable. I'm married. I'm good. Amber? What I want to say... What I want to say, I might be crucified. But... Let's just say, I don't, oh no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this. This is, this is the double standard because a man would. Exactly. I cannot. No. It's, he's it's, saying, it's, I'm it's saying the guy was, he's saying he was 19. A, he was searching. He didn't guy. know who he was. When you say a so, man would, you're saying he would date a woman that used to. No, no, no. Oh. I'm saying to you, you met a guy, you're dating him, and you found out he had a college experience mm-hmm. 20 years ago. And he's being up front. And saying to you, no, I'm, I'm past that. Look at you. Would you date a man who's... All right, y'all. So let's read some of the comments. Um, someone says that's the reason unforgiving women like these end up with a, quote, bill at the house with them posing as the new godfather or uncle 
Most times a man has no issue with a woman who has had a gay experience years ago for double standards. I salute the people who do not hold people's uh, last against them. Maybe he meant past. Um, I am the queen of shade says black people with these rigid outlooks on life are going to miss life's beauty entirely. This is cultural conditioning and it's sad ASF to watch next post, please. T.S. Madison said these be the main chicks that end up with the worst type. I mean the worst. I quote, stretch my hands unto the Lord end quote worse. Uh, Sydney star says SMH. Someone else says anybody want anything from the store? Cause this ain't news. Most women think like this. And the gag is most of them have already dated or married a man who's dealt with men. Someone else says, LOL. I love when these type of women are public about their views. Cause the entirety of women swear they play no parts in homophobia slash patriarchy. And I said what I said, not arguing under this post like the last child. Someone else says the gag is dot, dot, dot. Um, another commenter says, I love the black queens, but they be living in the land of delusion. Like they be demanding niggas to accept them. How they come like be for real. The direction he was heading is in very clear, but I feel no validity in anything that he says. It's honestly giving he is the guy that he's speaking of. Also, all of those women have been with a guy who's had an experience with a guy. Let's just be real. They might not know it, but not as, quote, non-negotiable as they think. Okay, okay, okay. So we're going to digress from those comments. Um, I definitely want to know what you guys think about this, y'all. So please leave me a voice comment, you guys. Let me know your thoughts on this, y'all. Like, where do you stand on this? If you're a woman, how is it a non-negotiable for you? Um, like, what do you think? Um, so I remember doing a research paper in college on the epidemic of the Download Brothers. Um, simultaneously at the time I was reading all of J.L. King's books. He's a, um, openly gay author who used to be married. He was married for years. Um, and they had children together. His children are now grown. I think he was in the church, you know, had the whole like, you know, American dream. Um, and he ended up coming out as gay. He talks about his first experience as an adult, um, And it's just very interesting to read. And he just gives like, he spills all the tea on the whole quote unquote down low brothers. Um, He, you know, gives code and everything. Um, But I loved his books um, because it shined light on the inside nuances and secret codes of down low men. Honestly, after I completed my report for college, in my mind, 90% of men were considered by cultural standards down low because sexuality is so fluid and we are of the human race that feeds on love, touch, and sensory. People are generally attracted to people. I think it's just the reality women are challenged to face. I personally applaud openly gay uh, men and women who live out their truth authentically and unapologetically. People like to judge others, but there's a psychological theory that says you can generally find people's hidden uh, addictions by what they judge others harshly for. Moreover, we are the ones who put labels on things. And then, of course, you have the spiritual and or religious aspect of it. 
that is an essential uh, piece to the puzzle for some as well. So we are going to leave it at that, Gems. Leave your thoughts on this. Um, and I would just love to hear your opinion on this topic, y'all. So moving on, in other news, Surviving R. Kelly Part 3, the final chapter airs on Netflix tomorrow, April 3rd. Consisting of four episodes, the documentary will feature women speaking on their allegations against R. Kelly. It's been alleged that R. Kelly silenced Aaliyah and her family through a non-disclosure agreement following his marriage and subsequent annulment to the then 15-year-old singer. The new allegations were made in the final installment of Lifetime's, quote, Surviving R. Kelly, end quote, uh, which aired on January 2nd and January 3rd. The docuseries centered around R. Kelly's 2022 federal trial where the NDA was brought up in the courtroom. The late Aaliyah was Jane Doe number one in the trial. Surviving R. Kelly utilizes Aaliyah's story to spotlight her as a victim of R. Kelly after years of the media and music industry scandalizing her marriage to the now convicted singer in the 90s. According to New York Times, uh, during R. Kelly's Brooklyn trial, one of his former backup singers who testified in court under the name Angela alleged that she walked in on Aaliyah and R. Kelly having relations around 1993, a year before they were legally married. She said, quote, she saw Mr. Kelly and Aaliyah in a sexual situation, end quote. The woman goes on to explain, quote, Aaliyah was seated in a chair, she said, and Mr. Kelly was kneeling and appeared to be performing a sex act on the girl, end quote. At that time, Aaliyah was only 13 or 14 years old, y'all, while the bump and grind singer was in his mid-20s. Aaliyah's debut album in 1994 was titled Age Ain't Nothing But a Number and was recorded when she was 14 years old. R. Kelly, who was Aaliyah's mentor and was first introduced to her by her uncle, music executive and manager Barry Hankerson, was the lead songwriter and producer of the album. At the time the album was released, rumors circulated that there was a relationship between the 15-year-old and the 27-year-old R. Kelly. So guys, we will be able to catch up more on this story tomorrow on Netflix. That is all my lovely gems. See you next time. Bye.